The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. We're still talking about thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving and praise. Uh, that's our, the title of our series. Uh, it is not complaining and murmuring. It is thanksgiving and praise. So it's not complaining and murmuring. Just forget it. That series may never come on this stage. Amen. So quickly, let us go to Acts chapter number 16. We're going to do it together again this week. Uh, where is the microphone? Can I have that microphone? I'm going to get my wife to come and correct everything I, I mess up, okay? And so we just got back uh, from uh, Caris Bible College, Cape Town. They were having their leadership uh, and director's uh, training, and we got to spend some time there uh, teaching some of these things. And man, it's just a blessing to be connected uh, with like-minded people and uh, just spend time with ministries that, uh, uh, you know, preach the same thing. You don't have to patch up your sermon just to try and, you know, finish the service. You can just preach what the Lord puts in your heart and, you know, people will be blessed and receive it. And so uh, that was really a great time of uh, empowerment and just spending time with the leaders there. Uh, we love Caris uh, Bible College. And um, so that's what was happening. And back to Exhibit A, Acts 16, Amen. from verse 16 to 28. Acts 16, from verse 16 uh, to 28. I think my timer is, uh, is a little bit off. Uh, it says, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, who brought her masters much profit for fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. There was nothing necessarily wrong with what she was saying, uh, but because, you know, Paul and Silas... And uh, Luke had discernment. Uh, they knew the spirit that she was saying it from. And it says in verse 18, and she did this for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. This is not the grace in the marketplace. That was, you know, <laughs> just, just that, that's not what we... Verse 20. And when they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our cities, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive 
or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they, were, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stock. So this was after, you know, getting beat up, uh, uh, stripped of, you know, their clothes. And by this time, they are probably cold and they are thrown right into the innermost uh, part of the prison. And I mean, this calls for uh, complaining and murmuring if that's, you know, your, your, your nature. But not Paul and Silas because their nature is thanksgiving and praise. And so scripture says in verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying or began to pray and sing hymns to God and the prisoners heard them. Uh, you know, just uh, worth uh, mentioning there. I know there's some people that are going to, you know, write an email to us or try and give us feedback. That, you know, uh, a time mentioned there has got nothing to do with any spiritual power. Uh, you know, this could have been at 1 p.m. Yeah, you know, it, it just so happened that when they started praying, it was at midnight. But, you know, the, Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, could have said that at lunchtime. Yep. It doesn't mean now all of us have to stop what we're doing and pray at lunchtime. It just so happened that when Paul and Silas started praying, the clock said 12 midnight. Yep. Amen. Amen. Prayer, that's not where the power is. Virtue in prayer is not in the time. That you prayed. It is in the faith that you have, not in your faith, but in God's faithfulness to do what he says he will do. Yep. Amen. 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 You know, I was saying at Caris uh, uh, two days ago, two days ago, I was saying, you know, this kind of religious mindset comes from a perspective that thinks, you know, God is, and I used to be this, so I'm not really, you know, uh, uh, criticizing you. I've, I've been there, I've done that, you know, uh, but... Uh, uh, really, it comes from a mindset that thinks God in heaven is, is this old, you know, grand, the ancient of days. I mean, he's old, he's sitting in heaven, probably losing his eyesight, and uh, he's just sitting there, and he's inundated with all these prayer requests that are coming from the earth. And they're coming in fast and furious. You know, I remember I used to have that mindset, and I'd get annoyed when all of us pray at the same time. Come on, won't you give me a chance? <laughs> You know, to, to get my prayer request in. You know, and that was my mindset. That God, there's all these things happening. And I mean, if the whole world starts praying, that means they're coming in on a Sunday morning. Forget trying to pray on a Sunday morning. The office is busy. Everybody's praying, especially at 10 in the morning. That was my mindset. And so I came up with a clever religious plan. If God is that inundated, then I need to do something to distinguish my prayer request from the rest. Yeah, to stand out. To stand out. I'm going to stand out, you know, like a sore thumb. And so what am I going to do? Uh, let me think. I'm going to go on a fast <laughs> for three days. And this is going to distinguish my, you know, prayer request. Uh, from the rest. And then when I realized people were catching up with the fasting thing, I said, you know what? I'm going to go and do it on the mountain at a raised altitude. Everybody Cl else Closer to heaven. Closer to heaven. Everybody <laughs> else is doing it. Everybody else is doing it on the ground. Psh, you have no power. You're doing it in your car? Forget it. 
And then when people started catching up with the mountain thing, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it with a prayer shower. Amen. Not from Randbeck. Uh-uh, no. It's got to be from Israel. Come on. So I'll get someone flying to Israel. Hey, bring me a prayer shower, and this is going to distinguish. So when I'm praying, I, ooh, man, I'm choking under that thing to try and get my prayer request on top of the pile. Is this preaching to somebody? <laughs> and then when that didn't work, I thought, you know what, let me do the midnight prayers. You know, I'm going to wake up, not at two minutes to, to midnight. You can't start at two minutes to midnight or start at two past midnight, then you've missed it. It's got to be at midnight. So I would wait there, just looking at that time and that watch, and then when it says 12 minutes, man, the midnight has got nothing to do with anything spiritual. It just so happened that they started, man, it could have been 1.30 in the morning. The prayer would have done the same thing that it did at midnight. It could have been at 10 o'clock in the morning after breakfast. The prayer would have done exactly what it did. Because virtue in prayer is not in our religious calisthenics. It is in our faith to believe that God can do what he says he will do. You see, in fact, religious people don't have faith in God performing. They have faith in them performing. Most people have faith in their faith instead of having faith in God's faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. And so when we pray, we're not looking to self, we're looking to God. Amen. Amen. And so he says, at midnight, just so happened that it was midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, praising and singing hymns to God. I mean, think about it. This is after, you know, being beaten. Uh, for, you know, for, for no other reason but to set someone free. This is for, uh, you know, you're getting beaten, thrown into prison for doing good. I mean, you should, this should get you to feel some kind of way, but not Paul and Silas. Why? Because their nature, they are, they are programmed to give praise and to give thanks. And so they go back to default. What do we do when we're in trouble? We give praise and we give thanks. Amen. We stop, we look back, and we count our blessings. I don't know what kind of songs they were singing, but I know these were happy songs. These were praise songs. Amen. Scripture tells us that, you know, God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, when you start praising God, God's manifest presence leaves heaven and it comes and invades your space. That doesn't happen when you're complaining and murmuring. It happens when you are giving praise and you are giving thanks. And so as they were in prison, it says, you know, Paul and Silas began to sing praise and they began to give thanks. And his manifest presence, this is what I like to believe what happened. His manifest presence left heaven and came right into the prison cell. And it just so happened that God was way too big for the cell. And everything started shaking in that place. Prison doors flying off the handles and flying off the hinges. Absolutely. And then, can look I, at I, what Can I backtrack a little bit? Because uh-huh. I actually like what it says in verse 25. Mm-hmm. It says, they were singing praises unto the Lord. And it says, the prisoners heard them. Come on. So these were not silent prayers. Yeah. These were not silent, um, you know, prayers of thanksgiving. Man, these were, these were loud. Mm. You know, because we have to say something. 
mean, scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say, say so. so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say something. Church, it's not good enough to be thankful in your heart. Yeah. Man, we need to say something because that's how the power of God is released in our lives, right? That's how we give authority to the, you know, uh, you, to the things that are happening in our lives. I mean, we take charge by saying something. Mm. And so these prisoners, man, they were they were. They were praising out loud, Hallelujah. so loud that the other prisoners heard them. And I thought awesome. that was powerful. That's awesome. Mm. And it says in verse 26, yeah, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors, someone say all the doors. All the doors. Oh man, this is so powerful. All the doors. Some of the doors you've been trying to open through Come binding on. and loosing, all they need is for you to bring praise and thanksgiving. Come on. Amen. Man, you will open more doors in your life through praise and thanksgiving accidentally than you've ever tried religiously. Yeah. Amen. 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 While you're giving God praise and thanks, it works like a boomerang, mm -hmm. right? And the problems are coming. You know, the boomerang, when you throw it, it comes and hits you right in the back. It comes back, right? While the pro uh, problems are trying to hit you that way, man, you send another boomerang out, and it's a boomerang of praise and thanksgiving. It's, it's, not a, it's not a scripture, but I think it's biblical. You can, you know, find a principle somewhere that when the praises go up, what happens? The blessings come down. There's some things that begin yeah. to happen in the spirit realm when you send a praise Amen. and a thanksgiving. Amen. It says all the prison doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Man, I love that. I love that. Because I want to tell someone here that the chains in your life can be loosed. The chains in your life, the things that are holding you back, man, they can be broken. Completely broken, you know, through the power of, of praise and thanksgiving. And, and really, it's, it's simple, church. And I know we, 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 um, we taught on this last week. Man, praise and thanksgiving, it's all about changing your focus. Man, it's all about magnifying the good in your life. And if you're, if you're here, you're breathing, there's something good in your Come life. Come on, thank you, Jesus. You know, if you're here, you can see us. Man, there's something good in your life. Thank you, Lord. There's always something that we can praise God about, church. Man. And so that's really the power of thanksgiving. The power of thanksgiving is about magnifying the good in your life. Man, magnifying man, the faithfulness of God in your life. Magnifying the things that God has already done in your life. And as you magnify these things, man, your problems start shrinking to little, little Mickey Mouse problems. Okay. And so it's all about magnifying God in your man. life. It's all about magnifying the, the goodness of God in your life. And as you do, man, guys, the chains in your life will be broken. Hmm. The chains in your life, man, th the things that have just been holding you back. You know, maybe for some of you, it's things like sickness. You know, things like depression. Hmm. Man, stop focusing on the depression. Stop focusing on the goodness of God. Man, Scripture says, we read it in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Yeah. All His benefits. Man, there are benefits to our salvation. And as we give God the thanks, as we begin to praise God, man, those chains will be supernaturally broken off from your life. Amen. 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 And, and, you know, I like that you quote, you know, Psalm 103 verse 2 uh, in, in this particular context because, I mean, think about it. You know, uh, if, if Paul and Silas had looked to their feelings, 
to try and get a praise and a thanksgiving, yeah. they probably wouldn't have found anything. Yeah. And so, so if you're waiting for your feelings to take lead, man, you're not going to be thankful. Because, I mean, some, some things just feel downright painful. I mean, I'm trying to cast the devil out, this little girl, and set her free, and now I'm being thrown. Lord, are you serious? Where are you, Lord? Right? That's more a prayer you'd pray. Not thank you, Lord, we get to do this. Hallelujah. Yes, praise the Lord. Let's sing something awesome and magnify the name of the Lord. No, you're not going to find that uh, in your feelings, but you can make a decision. You know, Psalm 103, verse 2, if you actually read the footnotes, if you're reading in a, in a Bible, a real Bible, you know, with footnotes right at the bottom, if you look at the footnotes, it says it's a battle, uh, a war cry that David made in that particular order. It's not a, you know, usually we sing it as a, a, a you know, R&B and soul, you know, a, a song, bless the Lord, oh my soul. As if you are, you know, just pampering your soul. My soul, bless the Lord, oh my, and all that is within. That's not how he wrote it. He wrote it more like, soul, you're going to bless the Lord. Soul, I'm taking charge of you. You are going to bless the Lord, all of you, and all that is within me will bless his holy name. And the Bible calls it in the book of Hebrews, a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. But sometimes you don't feel like doing it, but guess what? You just press in and do it nonetheless. We call it hallelujah anyhow. Yep. Hey, we've been beaten with stripes and we've been thrown. Hallelujah anyhow. Hey, there's no money in the bank. Hallelujah anyhow. Hey, the kids aren't acting right. Hallelujah anyhow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah anyhow. I'm still going to stand in that ground and give God the praise. Rather than drift into complaining and murmuring. It's a sacrifice of place. So don't look to your feelings. You know, uh, uh, lead your feelings uh, with this mindset. And he says here, <clears throat> all the, and the keeper of the prison, you know, when the chains fell off, the doors are wide open. You know, and the keeper of the prison awakened from his sleep, uh, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm. We are all here. We're not going anywhere. We're not sure what happened. This is, listen, Paul is in prison. He's, if, 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 if I was in prison, you send me an email or a message. Hey, what's your number one prison re, uh, prayer request right now? Your, my number one prayer request is, hey, I need to get up. I need to get out of here. Wow. Paul wasn't even praying that. Yeah. He wasn't even praying we need to get out of here. How do we know that? Because when the doors opened, he said, oh, oh, it opened, but we're going to stay. Because yeah. yeah. we're here to do something. He wasn't even praying that. And sometimes we are so fixated mm. on the prayer request mm. that we miss the point. To the breakthrough. The point to the breakthrough is through your praise and your thanksgiving. I call these accidental breakthroughs. While I'm just busy minding my own business, giving God praise and thanksgiving, oh, he healed me. Oh, I didn't even pray for that. Oh, he took the depression off. Oh, I didn't even pray for that. Oh, he's defeating the armies, the Amorites, the Midianites. Oh, he's fighting my battles. We sing a song, right? This is how we... Fight our battles. How do we fight? We give God praise. We magnify the Lord. We give him honor. And while we are focusing on that and not the problems. See, particularly us, you know, charismatics, man, we are good at praying, prob praying problems away. And sometimes while you're praying the problems, you just make them big. 
we are good at, uh, you know, I went to this place and um, people started giving testimonies. And, and sometimes the testimony is 90% devil and 10% just the Lord. I mean, I've seen it in charismatics. People just talking about how this, you know, they, they had a demon on them. And it was a crazy demon. and it, I mean, they're just measuring on this demon. And sometimes the pastors even like to entertain that. They start interviewing, you know, the demon. Who are you? You know, my name is Barakas Obrakashat. You know, where did you come from? I came from Cyprus <laughs> by air. And the whole church is like, whoa, whoa Baba. <laughs> <You're>, Cyprus. <laughs> and then they spend one minute glorifying Jesus. And they spend 15 minutes glorifying the devil. No wonder why the church is so fearful and powerless. Man, we ought to make Jesus bigger than the problems. Because he is bigger than the problems. Can I get an amen? And so Paul said, hey, do yourself no harm. We're still here, and uh, we, we ain't going anywhere. And we see the power here of thanksgiving to set people free. Quickly, we're going to go to Luke. Let's go to Luke. We have a lot of ground to cover because this is the last uh, of the series. Let's go to Luke chapter number 9 from verse 12 to 17, if you don't mind reading. Luke 9 from verse 12 uh, to 17. Awesome. Okay, from verse 12. When the day began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more, no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Mm. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. Mm. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. I like Jesus' mindset here. Uh, the first thing I want to draw your attention to is in verse 13. Whenever there is a problem, uh, Jesus positions himself as the solution. And he posi he's positioning, you know, uh, you know the, the, the 12 are saying, let's send them away. Just like the church in, 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 in modern day, I mean the modern day church, if you say you have uh, anxiety, they'll say, yeah, I know a doctor. Man, I have a word from the Lord that can set you free. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You know, when someone says, I'm sick, they say, well, uh, I know, I know, I know. That, that you, you, come, come over here, let me lay hands on you. Jesus is positioning himself to be the solution to uh, uh, the problems of the world. Yep. Just like he's, he wants you to carry this mindset. Whenever there is a problem, position yourself to be the channel by which God uses to bring solutions to a dying world. Someone shout, I'm the solution. I'm the solution. Shout, I'm the answer. I'm the answer. Jesus is looking to you. He's positioned you to be the answer. And the problem in the church is that we've joined in with the, with the complaining, you know, murmuring, struggling crowd that we're also looking for answers. And so when we read, you know, uh, stories like this, we hardly ever position ourselves as the ones that are supposed to bring the solutions. But that's what Jesus is calling us to. He says, these things I do shall you do also. And even greater things shall you do because I go unto my Father. 
I remember, you know, reading the story of the, the woman with the issue of blood. And every time I would read the story, I'd read it several times. Every time I would read the story, you know, I'd position myself as the woman with the issue of blood. The, someone in, in, in deficiency of, of, of healing. Someone who lacks something, you know. And so I would come up with sermons like, you know, if you want to uh, get your healing, you've got to press through the crowd. <laughs> you've got to press through with intentionality. You've got to press through like you want it. Otherwise, if you don't press hard enough, you're going to get to Jesus. When you get to Jesus, grab the hem of his garment. Somebody say, yeah. yeah. And when you grab that hem, power is going to flow. I remember, man, working on, working on that sermon. Jesus stopped me and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm working on a sermon. He said, you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. I said, Lord, where should I? He said, no, you are not the woman with the issue. You are standing with me. People are coming to you to draw solutions. And it changed my mindset. Whenever there's a problem, Jesus doesn't say, oh, let's go find it. No, you give them something to eat. Why? Because I've empowered you to bring solutions to a dying world. Someone shout, I'm empowered. I'm empowered. To change things. To change things. Man, we are an army of believers. Come on. God has called us, he has empowered us, he has anointed every single one of us, and he has empowered us to bring solutions. He did all the heavy lifting at the cross. Now it's time for us to just dispense the solutions. That's what believers do. They dispense the solutions to a dying world. Amen. 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 He's positioned you to be the one that brings the solutions. That's why he says, give them to eat. And they said, we have uh, no more than uh, five loaves of bread, except we should go and buy for all these people. Uh, for they were about 5,000 men. He said to them, make them sit down in 50s in a company. And so they did so and made them all sit. Then he took the five loaves and the two fishes. You know, if you read in uh, Mark's rendition, they actually made a commentary. He said, but what is it among so many? You know, when they brought it to Jesus, they actually were cursing it. They took the two fish, five loaves, cursed it, and put it in Jesus. But what is it among so many? First of all, they had cursed the money that they had because, you know, they had uh, a year's wage uh, money. But this just shows you that God's vision for you, his plan for you, is bigger than whatever you, have, you can ever have in your bank account. His plan is always way bigger. And so they took the two fish, five loaves, and they came. But what is it among so many? Jesus takes it and holds it in his hand. He doesn't echo the curse. He doesn't say, but what is it among so many? Man, I want to talk to someone with little money in your bank account. Man, when you hold that money, when you look into that bank account, what is it among so many? Oh, thank you. Scripture says he took the two fish, the five loaves. He looked unto the heavens. And what did he say? He looked up and he said, thank you. And what happened when he said thank you? What was not enough all of a sudden didn't just become enough. It became more than enough. Did you read the end of that story? He says they all ate, all of them ate. They were all filled and there was taken up fragments that remained to them 12 baskets from two fish to five loaves in a lunch box lunch tin scuffed in whatever you you fancy from that little box man he multiplied that thing filled 12 baskets man, that's so awesome. 12 baskets that's so awesome. what happened 
He took the two fish, the five loaves. And, and this is not a technique. You know, yeah. I've, I've talked about it and I'm going to say it again. The reason why scripture is clear to specify that Jesus looked up, that phrase look up, if you look it up in the Greek, is the word, Greek word anablepo. Yeah. Ana, which means to uh, 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 look in the secondary mm. realm. Anna, it means secondary. Blepo is sight. And so when Jesus looked up, he was looking beyond the spiritual realm. See, you can't be thankful if all you know is what's happening in this physical realm. But if you know there's a greater reality, that's what Jesus knew. He knew that the, the, you know, I'm holding two fish and five laws, but there is a greater reality. There is a greater reality. I have someone in my corner, and his name is Jehovah Jireh. Amen. I have someone in my corner, and his name is uh, uh, the all-sufficient one. Come on. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. The God of more than enough. Amen. Man, that's awesome. And he became thankful. Amen. Man, I believe what God, what Jesus saw is he began to see the glory of God. Amen. Man, as he looked up, as he looked into the secondary realm, as he began to look into a realm that was beyond what he could see with his physical eye, man, he began to see the heavy weightedness of God. Yeah. Man, because the glory of God is simple. It's simply this, actually. The glory of God is his unlimited resources. The glory of God is his unlimited provision. Man, and as he, as he began to see the glory of God, man, as he began to see El Shaddai, man, the scripture says he began to give thanks. Come on. Man, his thanks became the protocol to access the glory of God. Come on. Man, his thanks became the password to access the unlimited, the never-ending, more-than-enough provision of God. In fact, I like what Psalm 100 says. Mm. Psalm 100 says this. Man, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Hallelujah. I like what it says in the message Not translation. With Not with complaining. Murmuring. Not with complaining. But in the message They'll translation, no, they won't let you enter in. You won't enter into the glory of God. Amen? But Psalm 100, verse 4. It says, enter... With the password, and guess what the password is? Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. It says enter with the password, thank you. It says make yourselves at home. Make yourselves at home where? Make yourselves at home in the glory of God. Hallelujah. Make yourselves at home. It says talking praise. It says thank him. Worship him. Man, as we do, we begin to access what God has that is much more than we need. Because that's what El Shaddai means, right? Come on. Pastor T, you mentioned El Shaddai. Yeah. El Shaddai simply means the God of more than enough. Man, what, what is little becomes more than enough with God. I mean, this small little meal was what? Two, five loaves of bread and two little fishes. It says they fed over 5,000 people. In fact, these are 5,000 men. You know, the, the, we actually know there were many more than this. In fact, they were probably about 15,000 people. Yeah. So it fed about 15,000 people. Plus, they still had more than enough left over. Yeah. Man, they still had more than they could even feed on themselves. They had 12 baskets full at the end. Man, through thanksgiving, through praise, they were translated into a moment, into a place of abundance. Come on. Man, there's power in thanksgiving. Hallelujah. There's abundance when we give thanks. And so hunt your neighbor and say, stop looking around. Stop looking around. <laughs> and look up. Look up. Amen. See, because when you look around, there's bad news everywhere. 
you know, I mean, they're gonna come up with another variant and another variant, and then if you get on the news, they, I mean, there's bad news everywhere. And if you look around, you're not gonna be inspired to give thanks. The disciples were looking around, and they said, "What? But what is it among so many?" But when Jesus looked up, he said, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh." Man, when you look up. You become thankful. I don't think there's anything more powerful than what we're talking about today. If you want healing, if you're believing God for you, if you're believing God to get your dreams to take off, I don't think there's going to be any more powerful uh, thing than to become a praiser, to become someone who is full of gratitude every single day of your life. This is where the power resides. You know, we were coming up with the T-shirts for the church, and they said, Pastor T, why don't you come up with some power? You know, we want you to be someone powerful that when people see, they will see the glory of the Lord. And I couldn't go any further than Siabonga Jesu. Come on, come on. Because that's where the power resides. I couldn't go any further than donkey Jesus. I couldn't go any further than thank you, Jesus. Because that's where the power. In fact, I believe it's the most powerful prayer you can ever pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And Jesus prayed a, a three-word prayer, right? Th- two-word prayer. Thank you. Mm. And he turned two fish, five loaves into so much food. Mm. So much food. I mean, he didn't start, you know, I mean, if, if, aren't your neighbor now, if you were trying to multiply food, how long would you have prayed? <laughs> Lord, I speak, to this, I speak to these atoms. I speak to these calories. Calories, come. <laughs> Fill up this bread. Make it low GI so it can stay longer. Now watch this. There's power. There's power in praise and in thanksgiving. It may sound simple. You know, we're always looking for something complicated. But I'm telling you, the power is in the basics. The power is in the simple. Listen to this. Go to Psalm 8 verse 2. I want to show you something. Psalm 8 verse 2. It says in Psalm 8 verse 2 in the King James... Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. And it says here in Psalm 8 verse 2 that God has ordained strength uh, into his beloved, his children. He has ordained strength in us so that with that strength we can stop or steal the enemy and the avenger. So God has ordained a strength in his children to be able to say stop to the enemy and the enemy stops. Now watch Jesus quoting the same verse in the, uh, 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 in the Gospels in Mark 21, Matthew 21, uh, verse 16. Listen to what he says. And uh, this is in the King James as well. And he said unto him, hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, yea, have you never read... Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. So Jesus is not misquoting scripture. He changes the phrase ordained strength and he replaces it with perfected praise. Why? Because perfected praise is ordained strength. Your strength is in your praise. Man, when you start to feel tired and just lethargic and... You can't face a Monday. You have enough ammunition in your ammunition bag to face any kind of blue Monday. Start praising God. Start making him big. Start exalting him. 
That's where your strength is. We're going to wrap up with this. Let's go quickly to 2 Samuel uh, chapter number 6. Oh, man, we're just going to speed read through this. I want you to see. This is where the strength is. Man, when you're starting to feel tired, this is where the strength is. 2 Samuel chapter number 6 from verse 6 um, to... Uh, man, we're going to read a lot. Okay, let's start in verse 6. Yeah, you want to read that? Okay. Yeah, this is David bringing back the ark uh, of the covenant. You remember the story? In fact, let me paraphrase that. You know, uh, David is bringing back the ark of the covenant, and the instruction from the Lord is that the ark uh, should be carried on the shoulders of men, you know, four of them, and they should carry it on the shoulders. And so uh, apparently this bunch had, you know, uh, 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 new technology, new ways of doing things, new ways of a genetically, you know, modified Bible. That's what it was. That says, you know, there's, uh, you know, we should just, you know, love on There's plenty. Say, no, it's just Adam and Eve, okay? Male and female. That's what it is. Not a thousand. You can't show up at work and I feel like an orange. It doesn't change the Bible. <laughs> You know, I feel like a lizard. I mean, people are losing their minds. And the problem is the church, the church is endorsing all that kind of stuff. And we're not telling people the truth. And so this bunch decided they were going to go with the flow. They were going to go with the technology of the day. And they decided to put the, uh, God said it must be carried on the shoulders of men. They decided to put it on the cart. And so they're rolling it in on the cart. And, uh, you know, it, it stumbled. And then when it was about to fall, uh, Uzzah, you know, reached out to try and help God. How many of you know that you can't help God? He tried to help God. He said, you know, I'm going to help yeah. God. And, and God struck him and he, he died. Yeah. And so David said, ah, I don't want the ark anymore. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, uh, send it to Obed Edom's house. I'm gonna, he was an African g- uh, giant, you know. Uh, the Gitata, he was an African uh, warrior, yeah. uh, Obed Edom. Yeah. And he knew how to dance. Obed Edom. He knew how to. He knew. He knew how to give praise because when the ark went to his house, listen what what happened. He knew the protocol. He says in verse twelve. Now it was told to David, saying, "This was after three months that the Lord had blessed the house of Obed Edom and all that belonged to him because of the ark of God." Obed Edom knew just like any African. He knew that man. The way to get into the praise, the presence of the Lord, is through praise. It is through, hey, Africa, it doesn't matter which church you go to in Africa. I've been all over the world, man. Sometimes you stand in praise. You're in praise and worship, and I'm in the band is playing hard. They jump, and everybody's just standing. I'm thinking, man, this never happens at home. I mean, it never happens. Even in kids' church, it never happens. You play just, just that one chord. You go, boom. I'm in, ah, ah, Africans, man, we love music. We know how to praise. We were designer life. Uh, 20, 2018, 2018, yeah. Designer Life. And, uh, you know, it was during praise and worship. And, you know, so they went. So I, I reached over to Ashley Terrades and I said, watch what's about to happen. <laughs> you know, they were getting ready to sing Similapa. I said to him, watch what's about to happen. And then they went, boom, Similapa. And he turned around. He said, whoa. The this is wild. I mean, it gets wild in Africa, right? And then he tried to jump in and, you know. <laughs> he just tried to get in. I said, I said to him when we were driving home, I said, man, I didn't realize you have CRD. <laughs> he said, what's CRD? I said, it's Caucasian Rhythmic Disorder. 
Then I said, I said, I said, man, but I can help you. I can help all the white people. He said, how, 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 how can you? I said, don't dance to the lead guitar. <laughs> the problem is you're dancing to the lead. <laughs> <laughs> I need, to, I, I need to get all the white people to listen to this sermon. I said, dance to the drum beat. Just that, do, do. That's your friend. That's your friend. Don't leave that. To, to stay with that guy. That's, that's But we see it here. We, man, I need to wrap up. I need to, we see it here that Obed-Edom, uh, I mean, he was blessed because he knew how to, he knew how to spend time in the presence of God. You do it through praise and thanks, not through complaining and murmuring. Remember, we are fasting. What are we fasting from for the next 60 days? We are fasting from complaining and murmuring. You, you, we don't complain. We don't murmur. We give God praise. Amen. Well, let's carry on, right? Mm-hmm. And so it says, you know, Obedidim was getting blessed, man. He was absolutely getting blessed. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, right? Yeah. Of course, then word got to David, man, that this dude is getting blessed. Yeah. So David decided to do something about it. Thank God and, he and, did, And right? David was offended. Man, David was offended. That's the reason why yeah, he yeah. sent it away. He was absolutely offended. He and was offended. And you can't be offended mm. and give praise at the same time. Mm. You can't be offended at God and give him praise at the same time. You're going to have to... Be one or the other. Mm. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Well, what? thank thank God David managed to process his offense and actually push through the offense. Because then the scripture says in verse 13, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Abedadom <laughs> and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Abedidom to the city of David with gladness. Come on. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces paces. that they sacrificed oxen and fattened sheep. Hallelujah. Verse 14. Then David danced before the Lord. And it says, with all his might. Come on. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all of the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting Shouting. and with the sound of trumpets. Come on. Man, that's awesome. (laughs) Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city, Michal, David, uh, Saul's daughter, David's wife, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and uh, whirling before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. So they, someone is going to despise you when you're a praise and a worship and a thanksgiving. What's that all about? Yeah. You know, especially when you gather around complainers at a bride, and everybody's complaining, they start to complain. Yeah. That, you know, usually every bride has a complaining conference. You know, that's, you know, yeah. the, the, when the men sit around the bride, one will just kick it off with the opening remarks, you know, and how ESCOM is uh, doing its thing, you know, and it usually sparks everything. And everybody starts talking about ESCOM, ESCOM this, ESCOM. And then they go into complaining about that and they complain about that. Man, I don't join in. I just go someplace else and, you know, talk about some, some more spiritual football or something. Some more encouraging. Praise God. Hallelujah. He says, so they brought the ark. Let me, let me just finish reading. And when David had finished offering the bent offerings, peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he distributed among the people, among uh, the whole multitudes of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins, so that the whole people departed and everyone to his house. David returned to bless his household 
And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How glorious was the king of Israel. She's being sarcastic, right? How glorious was the king of Israel today? You know, uncovering himself today. She's quite today. offended, actually. She's offended. So she's actually having an angry outburst because she's, she's, she's offended. She's offended at David. Amen. And she says, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants uh, as one of the uh, base fellows uh, shamelessly uncovers. See, this is what happens when you try to bring your uh, marketplace status uh, in the presence of God. Yeah. You try to, you, you, you'll be tripped up. You know, you, you, when you praise, you don't praise as CEO. No. You no. praise as God's child. No. Amen. Yeah. And so she's trying to get him to praise as CEO, you know, dignified, you know, I'm yeah. the CEO. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, that's not how you praise. Yeah. The level uh, 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 at the cross is level. The ground at the cross is level. It is flat. Everybody is the same in God's eyes. Amen. amen. I said amen. Amen. The 24 elders in heaven, man, they understand what I'm talking about. This is a prestigious position in, in, in heaven to be an elder. The 24 elders, when it comes to praise and worship, man, it, takes the, the, it says they take their crowns off, their positions of status in, in the society. They take them and they cast them down to the ground because when it comes to praise, nothing else matters. Don't bring your state. She was trying to get him to bring his state. You know, I'll be, I'm the, after all, I'm the you know, MP, I'm the, you know, government <laughs> official. This is, no, not when it comes to praise. When it comes to praise, we are all God's children. Can I get an amen? And so David said to Michal, it was before the Lord. You don't understand. It wasn't before the people. It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. You know, amen. He was getting, oh, he's getting hot, right? He said, not your father. Men, don't talk to your wives this way. And, and all is asked to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord of Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. Amen. And I will even be more undignified. Oh, you thought you saw something? Yep. <laughs> I'm going to show you something. And I will be humble in my own sight. I wish I could teach yeah, on that. Nebuchadnezzar, remember, he wasn't humble in his own sight? Go and read Daniel 4. It's just, it'll blow your mind. He says, I will be humble in my own sight. But as for my maid servants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. You know what? When you honor God, God will make sure. He will see to it. That man will honor yeah. you. When you honor yourself, you stop the flow. He says in verse 23, Therefore Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the, uh, to the day of her death. She could have turned it around. No, no, she could have. And, and that's quite a peculiar ending. Because I always wondered, why does it end this way? And, 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 and the, Lord, the, Lord, the Lord reminded me, man, she, 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 she didn't choose Thanksgiving. Man, she didn't choose to honor God with praise. In fact, the message translation says, Michal, Saul's daughter, was barren. You know, for the rest of her life. And she became fruitless. Because that's really what it's symbolic of. It's a life of no fruit. A life of no fruit. And if we want fruit in our lives, if we want an abundance of fruit just hanging on the branches of our lives, then we need to learn to cultivate an attitude of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. You know, we need to learn how to praise Jesus. And we need to learn how to praise God because he is so good. And so the scripture says she chose, she chose the opposite. 
Man, she not only chose to be offended, she not only chose to honor herself and, 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 and look to, um, you know, David's position in the marketplace as, as, as a sort of a, a standard to which she should praise. Man, she chose, actually she chose offense. And because she chose offense, she couldn't give God thanks. Man, some of, some of us, and I'm going to say us, man, we need to choose differently. Right. We need to choose to let go of the offenses in our lives. Man, this is, this is something I feel I need to say this morning. Mm. Man, there, there have been things that have happened to us that, man, they shouldn't have happened to us. There are things that are happening in our lives that should not be happening in our lives. Mm. And we, we're offended. We're offended at God. We're offended at people. Mikhail was offended. Yep. And the result was she became fruitless. The result was she became barren. And so I want to tell someone this morning, man, you can turn it around. Come on. You know, Thanksgiving is not a feeling. Thanksgiving is absolutely a choice. Thanksgiving is not a feeling. Thanksgiving is 100% an act of your will. And so this morning, you can begin to push through the offense through praise. Hallelujah. You know, this morning you can say, I know it doesn't look bad. I mean, I know I'm hurting. Man, I know I'm offended. Man, I'm hurt. But you can change things. Man, you can begin to change your future. There's no delete button for the past, but you can begin to change your future. And how you begin to change your future is through praise, through thanksgiving. So why not do it today? Come on, someone say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, someone say, thank you, Lord. Lord. Someone say, thank you, God, I'm alive today. Thank you, God, that I'm alive today. Thank Thank you, God, that you are bigger. Thank you, God, that you are bigger. Than my problems. Than my problems. Thank you, God, that you have solutions. Thank you, God, that you have solutions. For my problems. For my problems. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That you will repay. That you will repay. That you're going to pay me back. That you're going to pay me back. For all of my hurts. For all of my All of my troubles. All of my All of the offenses. All of the offenses. And you're going to pay me back with interest. You're going to pay me back with interest. Come on, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We just thank you for your love. We just thank you, Father, even for your word this morning. Lord, we pray that it may be a seed that will alter their destiny, a seed that will alter their uh, path right now and make every crooked path straight. It may be a seed that will accelerate them towards their destiny. Lord, I thank you. Right now, we remove every challenge, every obstacle of offense along the path. And Father, we release a praise, a spirit of praise and thanksgiving. We just thank you, Father, that this is our lifestyle. This is who we are. We are thankful people. We are grateful people. We are praises, just like David. And because of that, we do not lose. We win all the time. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone shout, Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Please remember to book your seat for next Sunday uh, on the website. www.faithyourchurch.co.za We love you. Amen. And please don't forget about our Christmas special. 
So from today until next week, Sunday, we're running a special on all of our books, all, all six books, is it? Yeah. Um, only 300 rands, and the total market or retail value is actually 1,000 rands. If you're looking for gifts to bless there your you family go. of your friends over Christmas, be sure to check out the bookshop. Love Amen. you guys. Love you God guys. bless you. Bye-bye. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.